0: Blessings are you today. Glad that you are here. The, uh, our Caneo Connect continues with our Lenten series, which will be on Wednesdays. Remember, up at uh, St. Matthew's, 5.30, with a free dinner. You know, the Thursday service, Monday-Thursday service is at St. Matthew's, but then the, the Good Friday service is at Thousand Oaks, and I understand some of our choir folk are going over to strengthen their singing. I'm glad to, for having that. All of us, I hope, will be in worship on both of those uh, days. Uh, during Holy Week. Uh, the Saltos are here, and they are collecting any uh, last-minute refugee basket stuff. You can bring it, uh, if you can't bring it today uh, to them, you can bring it uh, during the week, and they'll, they'll still round it up here from the church office, or you can contact them at their home. So uh, do that if, if you can get involved in that. Saturday Night Suppers is uh, this next Saturday. Candace Shehorn is taking the reservations for that. Bowls of Hope next uh, Sunday, marvelous way of supporting many mansions. Uh, leave from worship and go get some soup to have. And uh, Easter dedication flowers are, um, the sheets for that are in the narthex, or you can call into the church office and make your dedication. What's that? Oh. Um, Are we able to show that video from Community Cares? Uh, Let's do that. Uh, We have a, a video announcement. Come, eat, learn. That's great. That's great. Thank you. Whoever put that together with our media people, good work. Thank you so very much. This is happening on April 1st, so it's not an April Fool's Day thing. Don't be uh, misled by that. It's actually happening. Free breakfast and then some great information of service opportunities in our community. It's a marvelous thing, 9 to 1130 here on campus, so if if you haven't uh, gotten that on your calendar as a thing to do or something that you'd want to bring your friends in the community to come see, um, please do that now. Get it on your calendar. We're dealing with pillars of faith, of courageous faith in this sermon series during Lent. I hope you're enjoying it. We look forward today to be exploring another pillar, so let us center ourselves and be in worship of our Living Lord.
1: Amen.
2: stand for the call of worship and remain standing for the hymn and the invocation come all you all you who are heavy laden god will give you rest be to god, for all the seek the lord in all places and at all times god is present to you as he partner as he is a partner on the journey hearts. Let us pray. Holy and merciful God, we come into your special presence today, grateful
0: of your forgiveness and love. We aspire to live faithfully. Help us toward that
2: good that we might be light into darkness and spread hope where there is despair. Give us the clarity, conviction, candor, and Oh, Faith. Amen.
3: Good morning, friends. I'm so excited to be back in worship with you today, and I cannot wait for you to hear your Sunday school lesson. Your Sunday school lesson is about Mary anointing Jesus' feet. It means she poured out the most expensive perfume onto Jesus' feet. She wiped his feet with her hair. Now, Judas, he said, why are you doing that? You should have sold that perfume. It would have helped with our ministry. But Jesus defended Mary. and He said, leave her alone. You will always have the poor with you you do not always have me friends i know that each and every one of us has been given big gifts like that in many different ways sometimes it might be something tangible like that you've always wanted a special doll a special car what what are some of the gifts that you've been given Oh, those are really nice well I can tell you, we have all been given one very special gift, and that is Jesus Christ who came to show us how to love, how to be with other people in community. And I'm so excited that we have been given that. So friends, as we go forth into our Sunday schools, as we go forward into all that we're doing, remember, Jesus loves you, and so do I. soon as our congregation let us pray almighty god thank you so much for being with us thank you for the gift of jesus thank you for allowing us to love others we ask this in jesus name and all god's children say amen Alright guys, your teachers are waiting in the back, go on to class.
0: God, hear the stirring of our spirits, the yearning of our minds, and the hopes of our hearts as we uplift our spirits with one another in prayer this morning. We live each day in your presence, undergirded by your spirit, yet sometimes we're not cognizant of that, and so we pray. We pray, Lord God, that you would help us to be aware of your presence with us each day, each moment, particularly in our time of prayer and worship. For we pray with a confidence and a hope that your spirit would work in our lives and work in our world, helping to draw us all forward in healthy, productive, consequential lives guided by love, fulfilling justice, living towards peace among each other. We pray, Lord God, in this time of Lent for the ways in which we might get in the way of that and ask you to help us. Oh Lord, hear our prayers. We think specifically today, again, of Kathy Drake and Mike Tiabaldi, Sarah Pierce and Sally DeLong, all of them as they uh, work with the medical teams and get the support of their families to deal with their cancers. Oh, Lord, hear our prayers. We pray for Steve Ames as he continues to uh, face challenges in his health, um, the heart condition that was discovered this week. We pray for his improvement. We pray for the improvement of Tom Hopkins as he works with his hip replacement surgery. And for Rita Shredo recovering from her surgery. Oh, Lord, hear our prayers. With the Gear family, we pray for friend, Joe, who is recovering from a heart attack this week. Oh, Lord, hear our prayers. And with the Hyatt family, we pray for them and their friends as they grieve the death of Gary. Strengthen them in their grief, comfort them. In their grief. Oh, Lord, hear our prayers. We think of those folk who are suffering from COVID as it continues to go around our world and in our community, affecting our loved ones, our acquaintances. We think of Jeannie Richards as she has gotten COVID back again after getting over it. We think of their caregivers, we think of the medical personnel who are still on the front line with this, and we pray for their strength, their compassion, their good work, that they would feel um, appreciated for what they do, and that those with COVID would find their way to health and renewed wholeness. Oh, Lord, hear our prayers. For those who are suffering from our extreme weathers, the sun, the, the snow, the rain, drought in different places around the world, flooding here at home. May we all connect with one another and help one another to manage life as creature on this planet Earth, as child of your love, your being. Help us to help one another. Help us to care for our creation your gift to us. Help us to put down our guns, to lay aside our tendency to violence. Help us to be good family. Oh Lord, hear our prayers. We think of other people in particular in situations as we lift up our private prayer thoughts now. Come into these lives, Lord God, in a powerful way that helps these folk know your support, your nurture, your healing power. Oh, Lord, hear our prayers. And we think of moments that have been of particular joy in our lives. And together we reflect upon the, the great good news in the not off family, that we hear from Sandy that her, her granddaughter, Sarah, has gotten her residency match at UNC Chapel Hill for orthopedic surgery. We celebrate Sarah and her family, this accomplishment, and we pray your guidance for her as she moves forward in her life. Oh, Lord, hear our prayers. We pray for our church, our congregation, as it continues in her ministries through these times. We ask your help in maintaining our effectiveness in increasing our effectiveness and strengthening our vitality, helping us to be of consequence in a good way. May the good that we do, Lord God, be pleasing in your sight and bring forward fruit for your kingdom. We pray this all in your son's holy name, joining in the prayer he taught. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread and forgive us our trespasses as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil.
2: Our scripture reading today is from the Gospel of Luke and the Epistle to the Romans. Hear the words of Luke chapter 5, verses 17 through 26. One day day while he was teaching, Pharisees and the teachers of the law were sitting nearby. They had come from every village of Galilee and Judea and from Jerusalem. And the power of the Lord was with him to heal. Just then, some men came. "'carrying a paralyzed man on a bed. "'They were trying to bring him in and lay him before Jesus, "'but finding no way to bring him in because of the crowd. "'They went up on the roof and let him down with his bed "'through the tiles in the middle of the crowd in front of Jesus. "'When he saw their faith, he said, "'Friend, your sins are forgiven you.' "'Then the scribes and the Pharisees began to question,' Who is this who speaks blasphemies? Who can forgive sins but God alone? When Jesus perceived their questionings, he answered them, Why do you raise such questions in your hearts? Which is easier, to say, Your sins are forgiven you, or to say, Stand up and walk? But so that you may know that the Son of Man has authority on earth to forgive sins, he said to the one who was paralyzed, I say to you, stand up and take your bed and go to your home. Immediately he stood up before them, took what he had been lying on, and went to his home glorifying God. Amazement seized all of them, and they glorified God and were filled with awe, saying, we have seen strange things today. Hear the words of Romans, chapter 5, verses 1 through 5. Therefore, since we are justified by faith, we have peace with God through our Lord Jesus Christ, through whom we have obtained access to the grace in which we stand. And we boast in our hope of sharing the glory of God. And not only that, but we also boast in our sufferings, knowing that sufferings produces endurance And endurance produces character, and character produces hope, and hope does not disappoint us, because God's love has been poured into our hearts through the Holy Spirit that has been given to us. The word of God for the people of God.
0: Thanks be to God. God. Choir, I'm wondering something. Um, I want you to tell me whether I'm squirrely. Or not. But when you sing stuff like you were singing today, that anthem, you've practiced it before, right? You've at home, you've listened to it. Do you find that during the night you might wake up and you're singing it? Does that happen? Always. Always? Yeah. I used to have that happen to me with Led Zeppelin. Rolling Stones and things like that. And then it dawned on me, you know, if I listened more to music that actually, instead of just being fun and exciting, was spiritually nurturing, um, that might be helpful. Because somehow, even when your mind is, when your conscious mind is unconscious, you're still singing it or experiencing it, and it's going in your soul. It's a good advertisement for being in the choir because that's kind of a good thing to have happen to you. But I'm wondering if it might not be a really um, important lesson for all of us. What, what we fill ourselves with, what we, what we focus on consciously has trailings into our unconscious mind. Um, and that can... That can kind of nurture us and help heal us, even when we're not paying attention to its healing power, and it might be something worth—I don't know. Anyway, I got a sermon to preach. Wait a second. May the words of my mouth and the of heart be acceptable in thy sight, O Lord. O Lord, our strength and our redeemer. Going down the path of the Grand Canyon is, I think, one of the uh, most memorable experiences that uh, Deb and I have had in our lives. You see these beautiful vistas all around you as you're walking downward, your eyes are up, and you see all of this. And, and the phrase that people use of God's handiwork, I mean, it really does come to mind as you're, as you're going down and down. Nature is just beautiful at the Grand Canyon. Well, it's beautiful, beautiful many places, the Redwood Forest. It's tiring, though, walking down into the Grand Canyon. And, you know, heading back up is is really simply exhausting. Legs and backs that have been typically dealing with mild slopes or a few sets of stairs are now negotiating the climb of a lifetime huffing and puffing with hands on our knees, eyes glazed and looking upward. That's a common posture of folk like us in the Grand Canyon. And before long, your good intentions, which had maybe just an hour ago changed into weakening aspirations Start now to appear like prayers and pleased. Help me, Lord. I can't take another step. And then somebody comes bouncing around a corner towards you. How many more switchbacks before the top you get out of your mouth? And she says, Not too many. And she bounds along, and, and you perk up. Not too many. You perk up. Hope stirs again in your life. I can make a few more. I know I can make a few more, you say to yourself. Hopefulness that you can really make it to the top fills you again. And indeed, you stride on for a number of more Switchbacks. Until it dawns on you that there, not too many, is really your way too many switchbacks. And your hope dissipates again, and your efforts start to wane. Now, imagine what it must have been like to be the the first people who hiked up and down the Grand Canyon. Read John Wesley Powell's memoir about zooming down the Colorado River, uh, terrain that No Anglo had uh, done or written about. You get a, a feeling for the journeying into the unknown. Imagine what it must have been like to be among the first folk that were journeying over the Rocky Mountains to get to... Whatever was the other side. Was there another side? Well, they hoped there was another side. Read the histories of Lewis and Clark, you know, and imagine the pioneer families who then on the writings of Lewis and Clark decided, well, we can do that. We can do that. We will do that and make a better life. The courage, imagine the courage they needed to do those journeys. And imagine how hope was motivating them. Hope that what they had heard was indeed right. And sometimes what they had heard was wrong. It was from writings of people that had never done it or didn't specify really the way the paths would go and which would work and which really wouldn't work. And the Donner party had an experience from that that we all know about. Hope motivated them and it kept them going forward through the travails and, and the disasters that they ran into. Hope, hope bolsters our courage. Think about it. Think about our founding fathers and mothers journeying across the ocean to come here and finding their way. Think about the waves of immigrants that left places of oppression or left places where they and their families were starving. Think of the courage it must have taken. Think how much a sense of hope motivated them to risk all of what was familiar to them to come forward. Think of the civil rights proponents during Reconstruction, during Jim Crow. I came, I came across a, a little bit of information about how the Methodist church uh, helped to get forward the word from families who had been enslaved, spreading the word in, in the southwest, Texas and, and Louisiana and Mississippi, where was, cotton was king, you know, the second wave of the enslavement of an uh, of America and they would they would advertise they would advertise on behalf of people looking for and say the name and give descriptions of the name if anybody's seen this person let us know helping a family member connect to another family member that had been disconnected because of the process of enslavement the hopefulness that must have been in the heart of that person who after all of that experience was still thinking could maybe find mom, maybe grandpa is still around. Imagine the walking into the hospital for the 20th treatment for your cancer. These are hard journeys, journeys that are made possible by hope. Hope bolsters our courage. It's hard to be courageous if we don't have it wrapped in hope. Hope encourages us to go onward. It strengthens us and it keeps us going even when we feel like we're at wit's end. In this Lenten Sermon series, we're looking at pillars of courageous faith and trying to think out loud with one another how Jesus has shown us some of these pillars and, and how we might be able to embrace some of these pillars ourselves. We've talked about, uh, what have we talked about? Clarity, conviction, candor. Today we talk about hope, our fourth, I'm calling it our fourth pillar of hope. And we have a great gospel lesson. Jesus is teaching the Pharisees. We're told that some Pharisees and teachers of the law from all over, when the, when the scriptures say from Judea, from Jerusalem, and all, they, they're meaning, you know, everybody, everybody, Everybody's come to listen to Jesus. They're setting the stage for how Jesus is a powerful teacher and people are paying attention. In our language, it's a master class. Word's gotten out about it and everybody's shown up. But word gets around to the regular folk too and they're drawn to Jesus. People are hopeful. They're hopeful that they're going to learn something from Jesus. Some are hopeful of getting a glimpse, just getting a glimpse of the popular guy, of the new hero of the day, you know, being able to say, well, yeah, I saw Jesus, you know. And some, well, some were harboring hope that they might somehow connect with Jesus and be changed. They've heard stories. They're hoping those stories are true. They're hoping that maybe maybe they would be healed. And I can imagine the thoughts. You know, he has healed so many others, perhaps he can heal me. Maybe he can heal my friend. Let's hope so. Let's hope so. And so, I don't know, thinking something like this, thinking something like this, a, a paralyzed man is brought on his bed by his friends. A little hard in those days, if you can really get into the reality of this story, right? But hope is leading the way. Hope is leading the way for them. They're audacious in their hope that something might actually happen here by getting around Jesus. So they circumvent the crowd somehow, and they climb up onto the house somehow, and they make a hole, they actually make a hole in the roof somehow, and they let him down, like at the feet of Jesus. Like maybe there's just this little opening in front of Jesus where people have backed up so they're not right at his footstep. And down comes this man in a bed, boom. And you can imagine all the dust and debris that's falling off of the roof as they make this hole in the roof. So get it straight. These guys, these guys are uninvited. They're trespassing. They're vandalizing the structure. And they're intruding on this master class seminar that Jesus is leading with the mucky mucks of the time. And as Jesus typically does, he seems to Catch on to what's going on around him. And amazed at their hopeful faith, Jesus forgives the man's sin. And the crowd goes, what? Oh, my Lord, how can you do that? Who are you to do that? How can you blaspheme like that? They haven't caught on as much as they want to listen to him. They haven't caught on to who this guy is. And Jesus responds by doubling down and doing one more. One better, he heals the man of his paralysis. You thought forgiving sins was tough. How about healing people that have been paralyzed for a long time? Jesus' authority over these kind of things is made clearly evident to the crowd. The hope of the man, and I think the hope of his friends, is found to be well-placed in God through Christ. Hope is a powerful quality. A parishioner of a prior church, a a middle-aged father of a, now a college-age person, received an ALS diagnosis He was pretty physically active and um, vital. This was very depressing news, you could imagine, very depressing news for him and his family. And that depression had its day. It had its day in his head and in their lives until something else started to emerge because of his faith and the love of those that surrounded him that were... Going to stand with him through the valley of the shadows to wherever this went. And a hope, a hopefulness emerged. And it wasn't a Pollyanna kind of thing, it was just a a hopefulness that maybe something. And and he, he was hopeful, he was hopeful that maybe a miracle would happen in his case. But he also was really hopeful because he was well resourced. He was in a community of of a lot of connections and power. He was also hopeful that somehow he could present his situation and draw attention of this wealth and power to pay attention to ALS research. And the need in the medical community for advancement of that. And so he not only started to get these medical treatments for his own benefit, but he also started to become very, very public, very, very public with his story to try to get a lot of other people's um, well being geared up to help support the movement of researching and devising remedies in the ALS world. And at bottom, he was just very hopeful that he will live these remaining days, however many they are, that they can uh, eke out of, of the clinic and all, that he would have a rich life in whatever were his remaining days. Uncertain how many months that would be. He's hopeful. And that hopefulness, it's making a world of difference for him and his family. In the living of each day, it keeps them going forward. Hope is a pillar of courageous faith. It motivates, it sustains, it empowers. Hope keeps it going. We persevere. We persist. So here's how Paul spoke about it. Justified by faith, we have peace with God. And we boast, we boast in our hope, even though we may experience suffering and that may produce worries for us. but. We don't worry about that. We actually boast in our sufferings, because it is our sufferings that produce our endurance, and that produces our character,
3: and that character
0: produces our hope. And that hope does not disappoint, because through that hope, God is alive in our lives. Pretty powerful words, Paul. Thank you. Tom Berlin writes about hope in this way. Hope is the assurance that God is faithful and that the purposes God has called you to undertake will be completed. Hope is the capacity to carry the expectation of that fulfillment of a task, while working diligently and waiting patiently for that outcome. Hope is the knowledge that goodness and mercy will follow us all the days of our lives and we shall dwell in the house of the Lord forever. Hope is the certainty that the kingdom of God is at hand. Hope is the courage that refuses to doubt God's goodness, even when a cause to which a person is committed is not being accomplished in the way she or he hoped or at the speed he or she desires. Hope is what Jesus spoke when he promised. And remember, I am with you always, even to the end of the age. This week, one of our parishioners bumped into a senator at the airport, a little flustered, but if you knew who it was, you know she wasn't flustered for more than a second or two, and she immediately engaged this person in conversation. Pleasantries to set the stage for then launching into her agenda of what she would want to say to this senator. While she had this senator, and since she had this senator's attention, she said what she wanted to say. And she told the senator all about these different things that were on her mind, about how our state and our country could be better if we only had more of that senator's energy and power applied with other senators to these goals. She was full of hope that he could do this kind of stuff, and she imbued him with her hope. Bless her heart. Bono has uh, gotten some new stuff going around. It's called Surrender. It's a book and a 40-cut CD, and he had an interview in the L.A. Times uh, just this week, And, and in this Tannenbaum interview, he He's quoted as saying, if you two communicated anything outside of the personal conversations of our songs, if we communicated anything outside of that, I hope it was this. The world is more malleable than you think. The immovable objects are not immovable. A word of hope. Be hopeful as you face this large boulder that you are pushing up the hill. They have a courageous faith in the face of great global problems that they've tried to draw attention to, and their hope is bolstered by this faith in God, what God can do through us. So what about you guys? What about you in your own private thoughts? Is, is hope, is it hope that is behind your generosity to UMCOR? Is, is it a, a faith in something, a hope that through that faith in something of what the larger church can do that you give great support to UMCOR or how much you support the food pantries through the church or your attendance at the homelessness webinar? Was, was that led by hope? Hope that somehow we might be able to link arms and hearts and energy and resources to do better with homelessness? Or was it just a well-worn track that, you, that you're stuck on that gets you to these things? Isn't it hope? Isn't it really hope that gets you up in the morning and moves you through your day? Are you on autopilot or are you waking up and there's things that have you rejoice and things that have you cry And you are in prayer, and you're thankful, but you are also imploring, and you get out of bed because you have a hope that God walks with you, and that as you walk with God, there will be some good consequence. We place our hope in the mercy and forgiveness, the grace and the justice, the will and the purposes of God. The love and the power of Christ Jesus, we place our hope in the efficacy of of his work in our lives, in our souls. That gives us hope the edification and inspiration of the Holy Spirit, the Spirit's guiding of our lives. Our hope is in that. And this hope of our faith that's grounded in all of that that I've just said, it is well-placed. Nurture your hope. And you will bolster your courage to live your faith. When and where it matters the most to you and God. Amen. (laughs)
2: are invited to share of your financial resources via the instructions that appear on the screen to help support the ministries of Christ that happen throughout our congregation. Your generation, your generosity is needed to help us keep going, to keep us doing the good that we do. So give generously and be part of what happens in people's lives to the congregation of the United Methodist Church of Westlake Village. Let us pray. Holy God, we ask that you bless these gifts and those who give them, that our ministries in your Son's Spirit might thrive, helping your kingdom come here on earth as it is in heaven. Amen.
0: hope this service has been a blessing to you. If you want to uh, strengthen your hope, kind of nurture your hope, uh, take a break and rest. Sit down. Please, sit down. Relax. Now, don't you just feel better, more hopeful? You know, whatever Jill says, I'm going to be able to get through it. I'm sitting, I'm relaxing. If you want to nurture your hope, you want to rest, not burn your candle out, right? You want to be reading scripture, kind of seed yourself in the sense of what God's been doing through time. You want to be prayerful. You want to be contemplative. You want to be thinking about how God has been active in your life. And ask yourself the question, would God abandon you now? You've walked with God this far. That's not the loving God that we know. God wants to walk with you onward. So you think about how you've noticed God in your life in the past, and that helps to inform your sense of hope for your future. Well, if I keep going, you won't come next week because you've got two ser- sermons this week. So, I invite you to stand again and join with me in our benediction. Stay safe, be healthy, know that you are loved. Be God's spirit, Jesus
1: and love lead. Yeah,
0: let love lead. Be blessed by that spirit of love and be a blessing to others.
1: Amen. Amen. Amen go.